0: The magic of music is its power to connect, to inspire and cross borders. However, most music nowadays is consumed through playlists created by algorithms. And these playlists, they tend to keep us in our bubble and withhold us from experiencing new sounds. In this podcast series, we introduce you to musicians you might have never heard of. This is Music Meetup. Welcome to Music Meetup. The podcast by the Music Meeting Festival. Music Meetup is based on a concert by two artists. They are invited to join forces in a spontaneous and sometimes even improvised collaboration. In this podcast, we get to know the people behind the music. Our talks are just as improvised as the concerts. So we've put a big bowl with questions on the table that can take us anywhere and everywhere. My name is Rufeda Abu-Taleb. I'm an artist and the host of this show. In this episode, we meet Effe Erdem. He's a composer and from bone player from Rotterdam, known for his adventurous and versatile approach. His music meetup is with bass player Glenn Gaddam. Glenn is known as the sidekick of artists like Anouk and Matt Simons, but he also likes to produce his own music in his home studio in Amsterdam. Hey guys, What's
1: up? hello boys and girls.
0: Boys and girls, yeah. how are you doing?
1: Pretty good. I'm fine. Yeah? Very nice.
2: How was it for you
0: guys to play this afternoon?
1: It was a lot of fun. Yeah, time um,
2: time went really fast, right?
1: Yeah, well, yeah w- at the, the two minute sign, well, I thought we were only playing for two
2: minutes, <laughs> but we had two <laughs> minutes left, so. It did have, it did have felt like that. <clears throat>
0: So, um, this wasn't the first time you played together. Do you, do you remember when it was the first time you met?
2: Oh,
1: yeah. I'm not sure, but I think it was at some session at the birth, maybe. After possible. North
2: sea. Possible.
1: One of those... Seven, eight
2: years? Maybe. Yeah, possible. One of those infamous I, yeah, Bird this, sessions. Yeah. But I really don't remember specifically when was it. No, me neither. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I know this guy for a long time.
0: What do you like most about playing with Glenn?
2: I mean, uh, for me, is like one of the most musical bass players that I know worldwide, I would say. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, man. And, you know, you know, I work with a lot of different bass players, very good bass players as well. But like having Glenn just 70 kilometers next to my house, it's, it's an incredible opportunity. You know, when I also like, uh, we also recorded my album. Which is not released yet. Uh, when I was composing stuff, I was I was thinking per musician with their abilities, with their sound and with their musicality, what I can compose, what I can arrange.
0: What is it about Glenn that makes him so special? So special.
2: Um, I mean, first of all, he's really he has really control of his instrument. You know, that's that's definitely basic, and and the knowledge and and uh, and the soul he has for the music that, that really makes the difference, I think. I mean, you know, everybody can play the music, everybody can play the instrument, great, but then, there's this personalities makes the difference.
0: So, Glenn, what what is it that you like about Effe?
1: Everything.
2: <laughs> no, but,
1: um, specifically, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I oh, do actually. Say, I I, like his beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like his beard and his uh, blazer, but, no, um, um he has a very uh warm tone and um it it, it sounds and feels like uh he is not he doesn't have, there is no limitations uh, the limitations of the instrument are not there when he plays so he can play stuff uh trumpet players would play or that that's what it sounds like to me So it's very limitless and very fast um, to to respond musically. It's very in the moment, and uh, that's very—it's a lot of fun to play with.
0: It also sounded like a, a really limitless piece of music you played. Thank you. How did it feel to you?
2: Well, it felt like just it was supposed to be like that, kind of. You know, in a good way, it was just like this is good. This is what we do. I mean, you know, it was completely improvised, right? So it was, we didn't, we were talking about actually maybe we could play like one of your track and one of my track and just combine them. But then yesterday we thought like, you know what, let's just fully improvise. Let's see what comes out. And today we also really didn't talk what we're going to do. So it was very nice actually. Very, uh, like almost, almost felt like we just get together, have a beer and uh, jam together a couple of minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was great. Um. We could have gone on for, for hours, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
2: It felt like it.
0: are you ready for your first question? Sure. Grab one.
2: <laughs> I'm not looking, I'm not looking. Oh, I grabbed two. Which concert changed your life and how? Wow. Um I yeah this is a little bit a little bit a big question. There was when I was a kid we were at um I think it was like uh New EV Year's evening or something we we had a family uh, gathering and we went to some some nice uh you know one of those all exclusive hotel with the whole family and there were like this uh, bossa band was playing Um, three people or four people or something I was then maybe 12 years old 13 years old and I had my trombone with me then and I already like little like improvising and stuff so they actually called me like hey we heard you play trombone you wanna join us and I played like, with them for like half an hour or something, 40 minutes, super chill, you know.
0: But, uh, you have to explain this. You were on a holiday with your family and yeah. you brought your, tr- your trombone? Yeah. You always bring your trombone on holidays?
2: Uh, yeah, mostly. Look, I, I, I was studying classical music then. You know, I started conservatorium like when I was 10 or 11, something like that. And since then it's just a uh, thing I do. I always bring my instrument with me. Wherever I go, I, I like to practice a bit. Even if I don't practice, I, it's, I still have it with me.
0: You practice daily?
2: uh yeah yeah
0: i Ever mean since last you month then?
2: not really <laughs> <laughs> but i am right now in a, in a good good uh good practicing mood let's say lately
0: and wh- why did that uh, specific concert come to mind why was it so special why did it change you
2: because i think it was um it was i think first time that i actually played interact with people and improvised mm. and before it was like when you study classical music you just practice on a tune you know always play the same thing or like play with an orchestra and there's not really space for you to express your musicality let's say and that was the first point that i could actually interact with people and now i'm thinking about they were really not great musicians <laughs> but just you know for me was like perfect opportunity to discover myself and that point on, i was like okay i really want to do this like i don't want to stick to only one thing i want to improvise with my instrument and play other music styles
0: yeah that's an amazing yeah. story so that was the first time you actually were uh, challenged to play your instrument intuitively instead yeah. of playing the notes that yeah. were written yeah that's cool it's nice that you remember it like that
2: yeah now, now the, when the question came that, that came into my mind
0: do you have a, a specific concert in mind that changed you
2: yeah um It's not really a concert,
1: but um, it's the reason I think I wanted to play bass. Uh, And I saw my dad play it on a birthday party of my grandfather. Uh, And I was always inspired by my dad, who's a piano player. Uh, But um, there was like this birthday party and there were some musicians and my dad grabbed the bass. And I didn't really know what a bass was, I think, before because it's not a very... um, uh, how do you say, it's not an instrument that that takes a lot of attention in music usually. So I kind of knew it existed, but not really. And then I saw my dad uh, on this sort of, not really concert, but they were jamming and he took the bass and I saw him playing it. It was very simple. And then I realized like, that's what I want to do. So that's, I think like a couple of days later, I told my parents I wanted a uh, bass and um came out as a
0: bassist to your parents
1: yeah exactly how old
0: were you uh, at that point
1: uh i think i was like 14 or 15
0: what was it about your dad playing that bass that made you feel like that was your instrument
1: i don't know i just at that moment i i realized that all this time this instrument i i've i i had already heard it uh and now i realized what it was and um And how powerful it was. How it actually almost controls the music. And uh, yeah, that really uh, spoke to me.
0: And in what way do you feel like it controls music?
1: Um, Well, because it, um, first of all, it kind of dictates the harmony. Like a bass note, if you you play a chord, the bass note is going to determine what the chord is. If I change the bass note, it's a different chord. So that's the har- harmonic aspect, and then also rhythmically, uh, it has a very strong um, role together with the drums. So um, it brings those two worlds together. I think uh, the rhythmic, rhythmical aspect and the harmonic.
0: Yeah, I actually never thought of the bass in that in that way of it as being also kind of like the intermediate between the harmonic instruments and the rhythmic instruments. Yeah. Ah, it's
1: quite cool. Yeah, right? Yeah. Don't you want to play bass? (laughs) Yeah.
0: You're a great advocate. You're a great advocate for bass (laughs) (laughs) game. Sold. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn, it's your turn. Grab
1: a shoving it over. Oh, which encounter or meeting in life has impacted your music the most? Interesting. It could be the same answer, but I think... I'm going to choose a different answer. Um, I think hearing um, my my neighbor um, gave me, uh, lent me uh, two CDs, Mr. Hands by Herbie Hancock and um, I think Inner Visions by Stevie Wonder. Um, let me see if this answers the question. Yeah, definitely. Because that, when I heard, when I listened to those CDs, I realized that that's what I wanted to sound like. That's the kind of music I wanted to play. That was kind of the the blueprint for what I want to make and it still is. Like in all of my stuff that I make, you can find some of w- one of those records in there.
0: Um well, could you describe what it is in the records that
1: It's a lot of things. Um the most obvious things is the sounds they use. So, uh it's a lot of uh analog synthesizers um and Fender Rhodes and um, uh, especially on the Herbie records uh, the bass playing uh, Paul Jackson uh, who just passed away rest in peace Um, yeah so so the sounds they use uh, the way they played um, and then also composition wise um, both Stevie and Herbie like the kind of chords they use the kind of melodies they play it it resonated with me so much and it still does Um, so yeah I think musically that That really uh, changed my life.
0: Effe, do you want to...
2: Can I skip this question? (laughs)
0: Yeah, you can grab one if you want. Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah, I don't really have an uh, answer for that. Honestly. I'm still exploring, let's say. <laughs> Biggest lesson learned from another artist or audience? Um, question.
0: Is there someone you worked with <clears throat> that changed your view on something? Or um, did you get a certain response from, a, from, a, from an audience that...
2: Yeah, actually, every time is a little bit different, you know, like you learn every time a little bit different things from the artist's work and also from audience. Um, I would say like as an artist, I I couldn't really give a name, but there were a lot of aspects of stage uh, presence uh, and the way of playing, the way of, uh, way of handling situations on stage these kind of things that you only learn this by an experience or by seeing it and i think
0: so what kind of things did you have to learn in handling
2: um so for example when i play solo with my own project you like it's it's not a it's not like a just setup that you just play and and no interaction and and it's just like okay next tune and stuff you know you kind of have to You kinda have to interact with people, tell what's going on, and you know, there's always an entertainment part of the show, right? So that is something that I learned from the artists that I work with. Uh, how they approach to people, to audience, and how they talk to them and what they say and what actually gets their attention to you in between the tracks. And also, not only that, but also when you're playing, how you move, how you uh, do, you, do you look at them or do you just keep your eye somewhere else, you know, or do you look really focused? Do you look happy, um, you know, or do you change your mood every tune? This kind of stuff, I think very small details, but it makes big impact on stage always. And um,
0: Do you maybe remember a time when someone gave you feedback, like after a show, feedback that you considered useful?
2: Uh, maybe my mom said sometimes like, you, go, you look fat. <laughs> 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 there was some time that i was like pretty gain weight no not really i don't really remember that uh feedback i think it's it's always that i picked up something from other people and from audiences but of course there are like uh some sometimes after concert you hear some feedback from the audience but most of the time you don't like i don't want to disrespect but they their points are really pointless to me on that moment mm. you know what i'm saying is like yeah, this could be better, like yeah. Why do you say this right now, you know?
0: No, that's why uh, I said that were useful to you, <coughs> like feedback. No, it was definitely not useful.
2: Sorry.
1: I, I actually <laughs> remember remember some of that when I was when I was just studying at the conservatory and we had like um four spill avond, I don't know how you say it, like uh, where you perform with your ensemble. Kind of. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And I would just be like sitting on that chair, <laughs> being like in my in my sheets having no contact with anyone. Um, and they would they would criticize me on that. And, and that was helpful because um, that's not a nice way to be on stage.
0: So your teacher said that? Or yeah, I cares? think
1: my teacher or, or some, yeah, probably my teacher or some other people at school were like, hey, you have to like connect with people, you know. You can't be in your own world. So that yeah, it was useful for me, I think.
2: But it's something you still learn, right? I still... I still do my old habits sometimes, you know, like still, uh, you it's so easy to lose yourself, like your, um, your present moment on stage. I, I have it sometimes. Do you have it yeah. as well?
1: Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's hard, uh, um, especially now with the whole live stream situation. I mean, I'm getting used to it now, but in the beginning it was really weird. It's kind of like you're doing a studio session, but, there's You're still not people watching, yeah. yeah there's two people watching, but you can't see them. It's weird. Are
0: you ready for your next question, Glenn?
1: Yeah. Oh, can you name a sound that never fails to enchant you? Um Yeah, I, I don't know if this is what you mean by the question, but um like Miles Davis's trumpet or John Coltrane's saxophone. When I when I hear any of those sounds, I immediately know who it is and I'm immediately in- enchanted by it.
0: What is it about the sounds of these instruments
1: um well that's the mystery we don't know <laughs> but um th- the thing is that you recognize who it is just by one note if, if i hear coltrane i know it immediately um and the same with miles
0: i i, I wish we could test it right now yeah I have yeah i see you nodding effort do you recognize this thing about the sounds of these two men
2: yeah, I would definitely recognize it as well. It's, it's, I think it's like really, uh, I don't know. It's something you don't miss. Maybe because we listen too much, but they, they have something very special. It's one of those artists. I have the same thing with uh, Brecker, for example. It's just, I would never miss his sound. I know, I know when he, when he goes to the high notes, especially, it's like, it's impossible to miss for me his sound. Don't test it, though. (laughs) (laughs) But I know, I know what I hear.
0: Is there like a sound more in daily life? Like, is there something, I mean, there's audio around us all day. Oh, yeah. Is there something that... My cat. Yeah? She's
2: so cute. (laughs) She does crazy sounds when she's like happy.
0: That's nice. And what about you, Glenn?
1: Um, One of my favorite sounds uh, in that category is um, rain on the window or rain in the... Water or stuff. I <laughs> I even put on uh, rain sometimes on Spotify. That's
2: you do
0: one. to fall yeah. asleep to, or
1: yeah, or just to hang out too.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, that's funny. Now I
2: think about it, the fire crackles is also really nice. Oh yeah, the sound of that. I think maybe even combination of rain and
1: fire yeah, that would be that oh. would be good.
2: Already makes me relax. Yeah.
0: Yesterday I was having a drink with friends and I accidentally touched the um, the glass with my nail yeah. and it gave like this ringing, you know, the ringing sound of, of glass or crystal. Yeah. And it, I suddenly um, became aware of the fact that the sound that the glass produced really um, took me out of uh, everything. Like it's, it really... So sometimes um, songs interfere with things in an annoying way, right? That they, like a car honking or the sound of the sirens at 12 o'clock on Mondays, the first Monday of the month. Yeah. But sometimes the sound interferes in a good way, right? That it takes you out of... I also, I have live in an area with a lot of birds. And if I hear a blackbird... For example, that can also take me out of everything that I was hmm. doing.
1: So you can recognize a blackbird?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Do> you want to <laughs> test it.
1: <laughs> no, because I have no idea what a, what a blackbird sounds like. A merol, yeah. The, yeah, the really little ones, right? Yeah, the little black
0: the orange,
2: ones. orange. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love them.
0: They're beautiful. Yeah, and they make oh, interesting
2: interesting
1: really nice. should, I should Google that.
0: Yeah, you should put blackbirds on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: Together with my rain. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Effie, do you want to grab another question?
2: Sure. Need to finish the old ball. No, I don't. Fondest memory to an instrument. Uh, what does it mean fondest?
0: Like um, that you hold most dear, that you care about um, most, of that's closest to your heart.
2: One of my instruments mm-hmm. or something. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do have one. I still have my bone actually at home that I don't play it with much with it anymore because it's uh, it needs to repair. What is it? Trombone. Oh, did you
0: say bone? <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was thinking the same. Like was that? <laughs> yeah, you call uh, it bone. Bone. Okay. Short oh, okay. way of
2: saying. But uh, is that what you mean or another instrument? Yeah,
0: yeah. Something? no, it can be a trombone. Mm. What's special about this one?
2: So um, that actually was my first trombone that my father bought me. Um, after I think like two, three years of studying in the school. In that time it was like kind of expensive to afford an instrument. So it was like after a couple of years I was borrowing from school and some other people. And my father could buy me one, a uh, new one. It was a small bore, actually just trombone, but then I was playing with classical music with it, so it was a little weird. But it was beautiful and, and it still sounds very beautiful. I, I'm just, I'm connected to that instrument.
0: Do you still play it sometimes?
2: Yeah, I do, I do. Only thing, yeah, the slide is a bit, um, it was a bit slow because there's like damps on it and stuff, but it's fixable it's still doable
0: and how does this specific instrument make you feel different than the other bones you own
2: <laughs> in the closet no well, in the closet, no. well um, there's like this there's a history with instruments right there's always like like years and years people play on that and it's just it gets old but in a way like in a good way you know it is just it's like wine let's say the more the more it waits, not waits, but like the older it gets and the more it played, it becomes better and better. Especially with brass instruments, it's a bit like that. When you buy, for example, a new instrument, you really have to play for a couple of years to be uh to to open the sound of the instrument because it might be sometimes too close or too dull. So it might sound too dull. Yeah, there's definitely like a time frame in that.
0: Do you have a specific instrument uh, i know for a fact that you actually have a lot of instruments that were made specifically for you right glenn yeah
1: i do that's um, such a luxury yeah yeah those are great those are i think those are my favorites to play um and some of them have stories like one got stolen and i bought it back at a pawn shop <laughs>
0: wow how much yeah. did you pay for it
1: um 50 euros
0: 50 euros yeah
1: no they knew about it (laughs) yeah they knew about it so
0: okay it was all
1: over facebook and stuff and then they called me like hey there's somebody offering the bass um and i told them yeah just buy it for 50 euros and i'll give you the 50 euros Mm. um so yeah i i have a lot of instruments um i also have a a, a special a special one that i got from my grandfather um that is a a Huffner. It's 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 known as the Beatle bass, the Paul McCartney bass. Um and I think my grandfather bought it new in the early sixties and I have it now, so that's
0: makes it vintage now?
1: Yeah, it's it's vintage. Uh it's nice. Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of instruments and I like them all.
0: Is this one special because it because it used to belong to your grandpa?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. And he gave it to me. I think, when I graduated from the conservatory.
0: Wow, that's a beautiful yeah, rite of passage.
1: Yeah, so that's nice.
0: Grab another question. Is there any left?
2: There's one left. One more left. What would you still like to learn? Uh, I am actually busy with learning something new now. It's uh, I'm, like for a couple of weeks, I'm a little bit into Turkish music. Um, well, I grew up with it. I kind of know it. But, you know, we have this all this Macams and quarter tones and stuff. It always used to look very complicated. But now I kind of find the system for myself. How, how can I learn that? I'm kind of into it. That's what I want to learn.
0: Why? Why do you want to learn it?
2: Um, I'm bored of 12 notes <laughs> no definitely not but it's it's very interesting it's very interesting how uh, how, how they approach the music than what I learned from the, the classical approach the western approach let's say and then you discover so many possibilities with this quarter tones and macams and also like uh, in the improvisation when you're playing one macam you can jump to another macam and these are these are just set uh, makams in.
1: Excuse Turkish. me. What is a makam?
2: Macam makam is like um, is like a scale, and 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 some of the scales are like four notes, and some of them are five notes. And then when you combine them, they also become other makams. Hmm. And they're like let's say like uh, church modes, right? Yeah. It, so then okay. then we have that in in uh, in classic Turkish music as well. But, but there's it has like
0: different notes in it because you have the chord tones and stuff. Yeah. yeah,
2: and there's a lot of a lot of them. And there's like a nine, how they divide it is between one note to another note. Like in in Western music, it's like full, no, full note. There's like nine other quartet tones in between. So in, between f- in between? C and D, for example. There's like there's nine, nine notes nine there? Notes, yeah, so the four That's and a half is C sharp or D flat. And in between, until four and a half, there's another four and then... After four and a half, there's another four. Wow. And since I have a slide instrument, I am able to explore that in the instrument. So it makes me like, okay, there's something new that I can learn, you know?
0: Yeah, gives you opportunities to express music.
2: Exactly. And Mm. nowadays I'm not really able to play that much. So then I can practice something new that excites me a bit.
0: Yeah, maybe you've instigated something with Glenn as well. He's like, I have to check that out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like the the light bulb.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm very curious to hear it. Give me some Spotify tips
2: later. <laughs> yeah, bro, let's let practice together. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: What about you, Glenn? Is there something you want to learn or explore um,
1: more? Yeah, I always want to learn. I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm. A, I will always be a student of music and life, but uh, specifically music now. Um, I'm, I'm always practicing, looking for new things to to learn. Um, yeah. I don't know right now i'm kind of more working on technique i have like these phases that i go through uh if i if i have a lot of like musical inspiration i i will work on more musical stuff and if i don't i'll just work on more technical stuff and that will inspire me to to get um like musical ideas again so uh specifically now i'm i'm just like working on some some technical stuff that is boring to explain anyway but um yeah, I'm, I, I always want to learn and I will always try to keep on learning new things.
0: All right. <laughs> I think um, I think we are wrapping it up here. Right. Thank you so much for your time and your openness and sharing your thoughts behind your work.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. And uh, it's really always super nice to have this context of your ways of thinking and your background to the music that we also have that we also can watch after listening to the podcast or the other way around so thank you for that makes it a lot more valuable altogether. cool thanks yes thanks this was an episode of the Music Meetup podcast please find the full concert and more information about the Music Meeting Festival program on musicmeeting.nl don't forget to hit the subscribe button to get updates on the show. My name is Rufeda and this podcast is produced by Dag und Nacht Media and Music Meeting. Thanks for listening and until next time.